Are the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines one of the three ribs in the mouth of the Russian bear? A world religion. Red heifer update. A new term going around. Rapture anxiety. And there's so much in the news today. And then, of course, there's the end-time deception of the elect. And much more. We'll talk about it all on the Open Line edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. I'll get the guys to go ahead and bring up the call screening uh, on the um, camera here. And I want to give you an update on the Israel tour before we get going here. My wife and I and uh, my sister-in-law, Kara, took a tour to Israel. It's our first one back post-COVID. And wow, what a tour that we had. Uh, We we took uh, almost 50 people with, I think we had 48 people total. And of the 48, 36 people got baptized. Many of them received the Holy Ghost. And we had a great time going through all the different sites. This is obviously this is our first tour post Irvin Baxter, and of course I've been to Israel. I think this was my fifteenth time going to Israel, and I've been with my father-in-law every single time. But this was the first one after that, and he told me I'll give you tell you guys a story about that. A couple years before Irvin Baxter passed, I was going in Israel with him. We were going up to the upper room, and he come up beside me, and he said, Dave, he said, are you getting all this? And I said, yeah, I'm getting it. And he said, no, listen to me. Are you really getting this? There may come a time when you and Jana have to do this by yourself. Well, I mean, I was like, mm. I swallowed hard, and I thought, yeah, I'm getting it. Well, at that point, I, was, I, I, I was, wasn't getting it like I thought I should, and so... The next tour, that was the, the next to the last one before he passed. The next tour, I took my phone and I stood right by him. And every time he talked, I recorded everything he said. And so I've got all that and I had it transcribed so I can go, you know, just kind of uh, give it as a reference point back to each time I had to talk at Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount and the upper room and all the different sites that we went to. And then I added my own things to it. And wow, what a wonderful tour that we had. And Israel's open, everybody. You don't have to have a vaccine to go. You don't have to, you know, it's just completely wide open. No mask, no anything. And what a wonderful time. It was really a great tour because a lot of times we would go to the sites and we were the only bus there. Because it's really not, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I can't go to Israel. Right? You know, no, oh, yeah, you can go back. It was awesome. And also, I want to share with you, the international community, 
that the news tries to make it out like, oh, there's war and, you know, Israel's calling all, causing all this chaos in the West Bank and everything's going on. Listen, we went there completely safe. We went, I went to Bethlehem, which is completely Palestinian. We had lunch there. We went to a, the shepherd's store there with a great friend of ours, Tanas. And I went to the shepherd's fields and taught the, um, about the, the, uh, the birth of Jesus and what really happened to, and why we celebrate uh, Christmas and just a wonderful, wonderful trip. Uh, some people were a little, a little um, you know, were just a little uh, kind of hesitant about coming on the trip because they thought, well, hey, it's dangerous and people are getting stabbed and all this stuff. Listen, I'd much rather, I feel a lot safer in Israel than I would going to Chicago, right? Uh, because of all, you know, that's like, it's become horrible. And so, if you, we've had a great, very successful tour. If you'd like to go with us in the spring, we're going to take two buses, 100 people. We have about 30 people already signed up to go in the spring. We'll be going sometime in May. You'd have to check the dates on the calendar. But you could call and talk to my wife, Jana, or talk to uh, Brittany. And they would uh, get you signed up for the spring tour. It's a great time. And you can go with us. And I told everybody when we went, I said, look, I've been on many of these trips. I've been going since 1999. And I've got great friends from all the trips. And But one of the things, when we get together, people travel to Dallas and we'll have dinner and we'll talk about our trip to Israel and different things. But we, the thing that they remember is not necessarily everything that Irvin said or that I said while we were over there, or the, or the sights even. The sights are awesome. But more than that, people remember the spiritual experiences that we had. The upper room, the garden tomb, the boat ride, the um, baptism. That's what people remember. And I told them, I said, more than just the sights and everything, make sure that you are all about the spiritual experience that we have. Because if we can't apply what happened there 2,000 years ago to our lives today, I mean, what's the point in all of this, right? But no, Jesus Christ purchased a plan of, of salvation called being born again on Calvary. And if you can understand how to apply that to your life, you talk about, I know there's a lot of this stuff going on in Russia and Ukraine and China and Taiwan and Iran, this Middle East stuff and crazy stuff going on here in the United States. But you can walk through the end times with no fear. I didn't say you, don't, you can't be concerned. But I'm talking about you will not live in fear. The Bible says God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Once you understand what happened on Calvary, man, it, just, it changes your entire walk with God and your perspective on life in general. I'm not afraid if there's a, a World War III kicks off. I'm concerned. There's a lot of people that I want to reach that, you know, a lot of different things like that. But it's not just um, uh, living in fear. Christians should not live in fear. I know Christians that are living in fear. And I'm like, look, you guys, you're, you're looking at this all wrong. And the Bible talks about doing away with the fear of death, that people had been in bondage their whole life because they've been afraid to die. And so... Very, very important that we understand uh, what's going on in the end times and the importance of what happened 2,000 years ago. Okay, I know that today is your day and, we're, and it's open line and uh, I, I've got several callers on the line, but 
One of my, and we'll go straight to you guys. I know I'm coming up on a break here, so we'll get to you guys straight after the break. We've got a lot of good questions on there, so thank you. i got a couple lines open. The number to reach me, 877-363-8463. If you would like to go on the tour with us in the spring, again, completely safe. The hotels are open. The restaurants are open. We had a wonderful time. We got everybody there, got everybody back, and it was a great, great tour. So call and talk to my wife, Jana. Talk to Brittany, and uh, we will be happy for you guys to go with us in the spring. And you can see Israel, and, man, it would be awesome. If I get a chance, I might do a prophecy conference while we're there. Uh, We'll just have to see how everything lays out and if we got time for that. So very important. Go with us in the spring. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future. Call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. All right, everybody, today's your day. The number to reach me, I've got one line open. Everything else is full, one 363 Let's go straight to Rhonda in Pennsylvania. God bless Rhonda. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, nice to talk to you. And I have a question, if you don't mind. It's sort of maybe off subject a little bit. Sure. But it's something that was mentioned to me, and I need to, if you can, clarify that a statement that was made to me. Yeah. I had someone tell me, because I had mentioned that I listened to your show and to a particular other show. The other show is the person they were talking about. Mm -hmm. But they mentioned that, Rhonda, people of that mindset are Zionist. They believe that Israel has to be in its natural state for Jesus to come back. And I don't ascribe to that. Can you elaborate on what they might have meant to me? What What does he mean by a Zionist? 
can you explain that to me, <laughs> or yeah. what he's talking about, about, na- about Israel being in its natural state? Yeah, so a Zionist is a person that believes in the establishment of the state of Israel in that land. Now, some people would say in the land of Palestine, prior to 1948, the land that Israel's in now was called Palestine. But a, a Jewish individual that believes in the establishment of, this, of a state of Israel in that land is called a Zionist. I agree with that. I'm a Christian, but I believe God promised Abraham through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that land actually from the river in Egypt all the way up to the Euphrates River. So they only inhabit a small sliver of the original promised land which they will get back when the Lord comes back and plants His feet up on the Mount of Olives at the Battle of Armageddon. But a Zionist is somebody who believes in the establishment of the state of Israel in that land. I totally agree with that because God gave them that land. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what they said that they have to be... Uh, they said that they had to be... Um, in its natural state. In, it, in its natural state. I'm not sure what they meant by that because the Israel will not inhabit the entire promised land until the Lord comes back and plants His feet upon the Mount of the Olives. And then in the 1,000-year millennial reign, God will give all that back to them. But prior to that, Israel's only going to have a small sliver of that uh, when Jesus comes back. So I'm not sure uh, what they said is necessarily correct there, that they would have to have it in the entire promised land, if that's what the individual was saying. Okay, so what you're telling me is when Jesus comes back, they will have their, he will give them what he promised them. That's correct. They're not going to have complete control of that until he actually comes? That's correct. Yep. There's only been one time in their history that they've inhabited Mm -hmm. the entire promised land, and that was during the reign of David and Solomon. Other than that, Mm -hmm. they've never had the entire promised land. When God comes back and plants his feet upon the Mount of Olives, Israel will regain all of that. Yep. That's the way I understand it. How anybody else can get another meaning is beyond me. But thank you so much for taking my call. I know it was a little bit off subject. but no. Actually, Rhonda, it was a perfect question. Thank you very much. Have a good day. God bless, my friend. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, everybody, is that if you stick, if you stick straight with Scripture... Now, there's one thing. If the, guy, if the individual was whoever it was, guy or lady on the radio, if they were giving their opinion, that's one thing. But if you were teaching that as fact, okay, now we have to, that's a discussion we'll have to have. But if you stick straight to Scripture uh, and you go through some of these things, man, it's really pretty easy to answer some of these questions. Okay, right back to the phones. Gene in Texas. God bless Gene. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. How you doing? I'm tremendous, my friend. How are you? I'm going to try and keep this conversation short and sweet for you. I know you've got other callers. Hey, faithful listener, faithful viewer. Hey, so I don't know if you saw what happened yesterday, but Zelensky apparently did this emergency send to NATO. So I wanted to get your opinion on that, but I also have another question concerning, you know, Revelation 13, Daniel 7. Okay. Okay, My question is, do you, do you believe that the world government, the UN, the EU, you know, when they do finally merge and as the world government body, they will. Do you believe that the feet of the bear will then become, you know, and I've thought a lot about, a lot about this, about how, you know, what are the feet symbolic in a country? 
if we know that the feet are of the bear, we know the bear's Russia. Mm-hmm. I've kind of compared that and thought about it. What piece of the country would that be? Would that be energy? Would that be resources? What helps a country move? And so I've just been completely thinking about it. And I wanted to get your opinion. So that's all I have for right now. If you want to take me off the air, however you want to do this. Sure. No, that's fine. I mean, we can do it. Um, the thing is about Zelensky and the uh, talking about the Nord Stream pipeline. I didn't get your first question. We went through that pretty quick. Give me that again. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see that he signed? It was like an emergency sign-in to NATO. Okay. And of course, so, yeah. I know Putin. Yeah, I saw that. And what he did, he he um, he put in for a fast track to become a member of NATO. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, what he's trying to do is he's trying to get it because what happens is when you're a member of NATO, if somebody attacks one nation, all the other member nations have to come in and protect that one nation. So if he can become a part of NATO, then all the other NATO nations would have to come in and protect him at this point. Up until this point, they haven't done that. It's been him against Russia. And so that's what he's trying to do. And, of course... Um, Vladimir Putin's trying to keep him from doing that at all costs. It's one of the bones of contention um, right. in between Ukraine and Russia. So at this point, he has fast-tracked that. Whether that comes to pass before the war ends, I don't know. Some people think that the annexation of these four regions in Ukraine might be an exit strategy for Vladimir Putin. Again, that's speculation. I don't know that for sure. I've read every article I can get my hands on trying to figure out what's going on um, in this situation with the Nord Stream pipeline and him annexing all these things and threatening nuclear war and everything. So, um, But at this point, I know that's what Zelensky's doing. However, the rest of it, I'm still trying to figure it out. And we may have to live through it to look back and say, okay, here's what happened. Because at this point, I simply can't. Because we're, bl- we're blaming Putin for the Nord Stream pipeline. He's blaming us. And it's just going uh, back and forth right now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to point the finger at us, too. It's really hard to point the finger at us, but especially when our administration had mentioned something about Nord Stream being no more. So it's, it's just kind of interesting. It's yeah. something interesting to think about. Yeah. But also, the feet of the bear. That's, yeah. What do you think that is? Well, is that so, the energy? Is that the resources? Is that the trades? Is that the... Right. So when you think about, when it mentions the feet of the bear, when it, in Revelation 13, where it says, John said, I saw a beast come up out of the sea, and it had... Seven heads, ten horns. It had the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, the, the um, ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. It's talking about a world governing body, and it says it had the feet of the bear. When we, if you look in Revelation um, 16, where it talks about the Battle of Armageddon, and then you go to Ezekiel 38, and you know that Gog and Magog are Russia coming down, it appears that that may be, Russia may be the mobile point. They're going to be the driver. Uh, that will come down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. The feet of the bear. What are the feet of the bear on that world-governing army? Russia. I don't know if I can give you a conclusive answer on that. I don't think it's necessarily um, energy or something like that in a particular nation. But it's talking about the feet of the world-governing body will be the bear. The Bible says the body of it will be the leopard, Germany. So it's going to be one of the major players in that. But the feet of the bear... I don't know if I, if I know the interpretation to that, Gene, um, at this point. Uh, I know right that as we go along, it's become, going to become more apparent. 
but at this point, I simply don't know the answer to that. Right, but that's, that's interesting that you say the body of Germany, because think of, you think, you know, Klaus Schwab and his, you know, from the WEF, right. he, he's from Germany. He's right. from Germany. But that's just interesting that you point that out. And yeah. it's, it's just, everything fits. The puzzle pieces all fit. And we right. know that Bible predicts this. Amen. We know the Bible is true. Amen, that's my friend. That's what I love about it. I mean, go ahead, let me go. I love you, Brother Dave. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir, and God bless you, my friend. And uh, you have a great weekend. Let's go to Gary right here in Texas. God bless Gary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. Um, you know how in Scripture, you know, many times it can have dual meanings, you know, like the sower sowing the seed. We know it's the Word of God. We also know that uh, we sow financial seeds and sow literal seeds in the ground growing crops. Uh, my question is regarding the last kingdom of the toes mixed miry clay mixed with the if if it's possible with all the transhumanism stuff going on today and the great reset and the fourth industrial revolution and hacking dna and hooking us up to the internet could it also not just be the holy road to revive the holy roman empire but could it also be this transhumanism agenda you know the mm-hmm. mixing yeah, the iron with the miry clay Right. So in Daniel chapter 2, when Daniel saw the vision, Nebuchadnezzar's vision, and he, he recounts the dream for him and then gives him the interpretation, the head of gold, the arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron mingled with clay, they all symbolized king empires that would rule the entire world uh, from the time of Nebuchadnezzar all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ so when you get down to the feet of iron mingled with clay, we know that that was the holy, not the Roman Empire, the legs of iron, but the feet of iron mingled with clay. There was an element of the previous kingdom in that, but then there was also another element added in, which was the religious factor, uh, which was, was, was always a pope from Rome during, throughout the whole Holy Roman Empire. So I don't know if, it, if, you, if there's a dual meaning to that, because the Bible specifically tells us that each one of those different parts to the image is a, an empire that would rule the entire world during their era. And we know that just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, the feet of iron mingled with clay would be the reborn Holy Roman Empire because in 1806, the, the, the original, um, the first part of the, uh, the Holy Roman Empire ruled from 800 A.D. with Charlemagne all the way to 1806 with um, King Francis II. And then it, when he was defeated by Napoleon, a lot of people thought that dream of a united Europe died. However, in 2009, it was reborn when they signed the Lisbon Treaty, and now it's in power right now. They are establishing it's the reborn Holy Roman Empire. That's why we talk about the Charlemagne page, the, the, um, the Charlemagne building in Brussels, Belgium, the, the, their first coin, Charlemagne, was on the Iku. The thing is, that they're re, it's the reborn Holy Roman Empire, that's what will be in power all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I don't think that in this um, discussion, Gary, that in this verse that it's a dual meaning here. At least I don't see it as that because it specifically says that this is a world-governing empire that would rule until the God of heaven, which was the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands, it rolled down and crushed the image on its feet, and it's, it, it became... Um, its kingdom filled the entire earth. That's the kingdom of God. 
uh, it would rule all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't think this particular scripture has a dual meaning. That's my opinion. Okay, well, it's just something we might want to watch because, you know, with the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the European Union and this goal to hook us up to uh, the Internet with chips and stuff, it just right. seems a little uh, alarming. Oh, yeah. No, believe me, it, it's absolutely alarming, the things that they're willing to do to gain control over every human being. They're willing, I mean, they're already talking about population control. And we know that there's a war coming. The Bible says we'll kill one-third of the world's population. There, I, I have, matter of fact, I documented this in one of the videos that we did, that there are people that are talking about global populations, and they're already talking about World War III scenarios. They've laid that out there. Hey, in a World War III scenario, this would decrease, decrease so much of the world's population. I'm like, how could your mind even go there? But yet there are people on earth that are willing to go there, um, because they're trying to spin the, you know, the sustainable development goals and all this. We're not, it's not sustainable for the future of our children. Listen, God has been sustaining this earth for the 6,000 or so years that it's been here, and He can sustain us for another 1,000 years during the millennial reign. I'm not worried about sustainability. I'm worried about winning people and preparing them for the kingdom of God. So, but with these people that have all these crazy mindsets and things... Uh, they just got to keep you in fear mode. So when they say, "Hey, our our um, you know our food and everything's running out," they don't look to God for the answer. God can supply the food if we run out of food. The fact of the matter is, they're humanist. They believe in human solutions, and that's where they all fail uh, at the end of the day, Gary. It's all about control, my friend. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Well, we're coming up to a break here, and I know I've got a, a few lines open. The number to reach me, 877-363-8463. I'll go straight back to the phones after the break. But I want to tell you that, uh, again, with the situations, I've got some articles and different things I was going to go through on fear. Uh, rapture anxiety. That's a new term. I have, that's a term I've never heard. Rapture anxiety. People that are afraid of the rapture happening... Because of fear. And a true Christian, think about this. A Christian needs to get over their fear of death. Now, I know that may be revolutionary. Because I have Christian friends that when we get together, guess what they want to talk about? It's all about, because they know we talk about the, the end times. It's about fear, fear, fear. That's not what we're sowing. I'm not sowing fear here at End Time Ministries and the End of the Age program. We're sowing faith and hope throughout the end times. We've got a job, and it's end time revival as evangelists. One of the questions coming up from Jules is about end time revival. We'll get to that after the break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back, everybody. Today's open line, the number to reach me, one 8463 And we're going straight back to the phones. Let's go to Sherry in Ohio. God bless, Sherry. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello. Hello, Sherry. How are you? Uh, good. How are you, Dave? I'm doing tremendous. Thank you. Um, I, I have a question about the um, Fourth Commandment, about the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. And I've read the whole Bible, and I'm on my second time, and all the way through the whole Bible, it says to keep the Sabbath day um, holy, sure. you know. Yeah. And, um, and I just, you know, I, I mean, I just wondered what you thought about that, because as I understand it, I think it's Saturday. I mean... Okay. Yeah, so the Bible does say, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, one of the Ten Commandments. Uh, yeah. But you have to understand, Sherry, and this is, a, this is a big topic for a lot of people because, you know, I have a lot of people ask me all the time, should we keep Saturday, should we keep Sunday? Uh, and it's a big deal. However, you have to understand the transition from the Old Testament into the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they were under the law. And But the, you say, well, this is one of the Ten Commandments. It's still very relevant. I totally agree. However, the Bible says the Old Testament was types and shadows of things to come in the New Testament. And when we come to the Sabbath, there was a physical Sabbath day that they kept, the seventh day. However, in the New Testament, Jesus came along and His disciples were picking corn on the Sabbath day and the Pharisees just lost their mind. And they said, well, what are you doing allowing your um, disciples to pick corn on the Sabbath day? And Jesus rebuked them. You guys are all hypocrites. You know if your ox got in the ditch, you get him out on the Sabbath day. So Jesus was transitioning us into a spiritual Sabbath that we would observe every day. The prophet Isaiah prophesied and said, because this, this Sabbath day was a day of rest. But the prophet Isaiah prophesied and said, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. And this is the rest wherewith he would cause the weary to rest. He was prophesying about a future spiritual experience. 
And then when you get into the New Testament, Jesus starts to transition us into a perpetual spiritual Sabbath. So I can observe the Sabbath every day. Let me read you something. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I do. I, every day I read. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, we don't have a one physical day that we observe as the Sabbath. I can go to church on Saturday, Sunday, or any day of the week, and I can worship the Lord any day I want because I'm observing a spiritual Sabbath, a spiritual rest. Let me read you a scripture from Hebrews chapter 4, starting with okay. verse 1. And I'll read this for everybody because everybody's in on our conversation, Sherry. Okay. The Bible says here, the writer of Hebrews, let us, this is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have, which have believed do not enter into rest, as he said, as I am sworn in my faith, if they shall enter into my rest, he's talking about the, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's when you enter into his rest, although the works were finished from the foundational world. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day, that was in the Old Testament, on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from all his works. We know that from the Old Testament. And in this place, if they shall enter into my rest. Now we're transitioned into the New Testament. The New Testament Sabbath. When you receive the Holy Ghost, a perpetual Sabbath. Then verse 6. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day. That was Old Testament. Saying to David... Today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear this, hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For Here's three verses, and then we're done. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. It's talking about receiving the Holy Ghost. For if ye have entered into his rest, therefore have ye ceased after your own work, from his own works, and God did as God did from his. When it's talking about receiving the Holy Ghost in the New Testament, that's the, that's the rest that the prophet Isaiah was speaking of, transitioning us from one single day in the Old Testament to a perpetual Sabbath or a perpetual rest in the New Testament. So that's, that's what the Bible teaches okay. about a Sabbath in the, in the New Testament. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate it. God bless you, Sherry. God, thank God you, and you have a great weekend. You too. Okay, let's go to Joe in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Dave. How are you feeling, man? I'm doing great, my friend. I got a little bit of jet lag, but uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, well, that goes with the territory. Amen. <laughs> Listen, uh, f- first, because there's so many things the callers are touching upon, but uh, first of all, there's something that really came into my heart as soon as I saw your face on my computer screen. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, you and all the gang there at End Time. i got to thank you over and over because you're doing the will of God. But there's another message there that hopefully maybe some pastors and other people who are in ministry don't realize that there's a spiritual thing that everyone who is doing, every, everyone who's in ministry, when you're doing what you're supposed to do, you affect 
the entire body of Christ worldwide, even people that don't have contact with you. That's the way the body works in the spiritual realm. And I want to thank you again for that, because everything that you do affects everybody. Yes, it affects me sitting here in Brooklyn, New York, even though I'm not in Israel, because you're doing the will of God, right. and you affect the whole rest of the body of God and, and the body of the Lord. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. But there's something that really struck me this morning. I saw a minister saying that there were some polls taken recently of believers, and he said that they found that 70% of believers who call themselves Christians do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Right. And he had a, a message. He said, well, if you're a believer, you better be reading the Scriptures because that's a deception. And that's, that's affecting people worldwide. We're being swept into these conditionings and these minds that are affecting every part of culture. And it's starting to affect believers. And this is, this is from my heart that you encourage everyone, because you guys stick to the Word of God, and you know that the Lord Jesus said, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the way. No one comes to the Father but through me. But there are believers that are, are buying into this one-world faith because it sounds good. And that warning should go out for people to read the Scriptures, to know the Lord, to be baptized in Holy Spirit, and know anything that they hear. If it's against the Bible, it's wrong. Yes, sir. Totally agree. Amen. And I've seen polls like that, uh, and uh, read articles, I should say, that have talked about people that are now believing, supposedly, I'm going to say quote-unquote believers, that are starting to believe that they're more than one way to God. And I just scratch my head. You've got to be kidding me. Uh, people that consider themselves a Christian or Christ-like or a follower of Christ that would say there's somebody any other way. The Bible's, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. That's scriptural. Now, how can you jump over that and say, well, there, there might be even two ways. And no. so I, I understand what you're saying, Joe. And uh, I was going message has got to go out because it's kind of like and along the lines of what the Lord, I keep going back to Matthew chapter 24, because yeah. the Lord gave us so much information in there. And you know, he said, even the elect could be deceived. And yes. I think we're seeing it happen. And it's, it's unnerving if someone says that they're a believer in Jesus. Oh, but you can. No, there's no buts. There's no buts there right. in the Bible. It's Jesus. Amen. I but totally I want to again thank you guys. I pray for you every day, and I, I, I appreciate you guys praying for me and my wife, Barbara. We're, we're getting old in age and fighting a lot of uh, physical problems, but one day at a time in the Lord, that's, that's all I need. Whenever Amen. he wants me out of here, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, well, we'll remember you in our prayers, Joe, wow. and uh, I'll let you go, and you have a great weekend. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, Dave. All right, we'll see you later. Let's go to, and i got a few lines open. I'm going to try to get to everybody here before we get to the end of the program here, but I've got just a few open, so if you want to call, one 877 Let's go to Jules in Washington. God bless Jules. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Well, thank you so much for your ministry. I do agree that your ministry reaches a lot of people. I've blessed a lot of people. 
Uh, I have a question in regard to the end time uh, revival. Yes. Are they here now? You would know more because you are in the ministry mm-hmm. worldwide. That's what I meant. Yes, sir. That's the main question that I have, but I just thought that maybe I can ask another question, one more quick one. Where does Satan reside? I know that he's imminent. He's not, uh, he's imminent, not imminent, I mean. So where does he reside meanwhile? Thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'll see you later. All right. God bless you, Jules, and thank you. Um, so the question of uh, end-time revival, and I'm, 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 I'm trying to make sure I got your question right. Um, the, the thing is, is the end, there is an end-time revival coming. It is in Revelation chapter 7. There's many places that talk about it. Well, Revelation 7 is the best uh, one that is very defined. It, Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, it talks about the 144,000 will be sealed, the remnant of Jews. Uh, in the earth, but the, it's not just going... A lot of people stop there and say, well, there's going to be a remnant of Jews in the end time. That's what the final seven years is geared towards. No, no, that's simply not the case. John looked after Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 through 8. In verse 9, he says, and then I beheld... Now, he's seeing a future vision of heaven. And he said, and then I beheld a multitude that no man could number out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. There will be Jews there, but there will also be people out of every people, kindred, tongue, and nation. So there will be of every color, every race, every uh, background that will be in heaven. John saw them and the elders said to John, who are these individuals? And John said, I don't know, thou knowest. And the elders said, these are they that have came out of great tribulation. When's the great tribulation? That's the final three and one half year period just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. How will those people be saved? It will be people sharing the gospel of the kingdom of God, just like Jesus did, just like the apostles did. Great end time revival. Who is going to share the gospel of the kingdom of God with them? It's going to be people who understand the gospel of the kingdom of God and that are willing to go out amongst the people in the world and share it. I know that I shared the gospel of the kingdom of God with everybody on our tour several times. And because I told them, I said, look, I kind of got an idea where everybody's at here, but if there's one person that has never heard the gospel of the kingdom of God, I'm sharing it with you on this trip to make sure that whatever we need to do to get you ready to meet the Lord, we're going to try to do that before the end of of the trip here. And man, when we had... We had the most wonderful baptism, you guys. I'm telling you, it was awesome. And people were receiving the Holy Ghost, and it was great. And they'll, they'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I, I remember people back in 1999 that it happened, uh, 99 that it happened to my first trip over there, and all the hundreds and hundreds since then. So, wow, great end-time revival in the future. That's what we're looking for, and that's what we're working towards right now. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. 
If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Well, welcome back, everybody. And uh, we're going to go straight back to the phones. I'm going to try to get to everybody on the screen uh, before the end of the program. So if you will keep your questions short, I'll do my best to keep my answers short. <laughs> and we'll try to get to everybody. So uh, here we go. Let's go to Gary in Arkansas. God bless, Gary. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. You can hear me okay. Yes, I can, my friend. Thank you, my brother. Uh-oh. Glad you made it back safe. Real quick, my question is, since you just got back from Israel, yes, did you hear any talk or, or buzz about something that I, everyone I've asked knows nothing about this happening? Next year, the United States is opening a new $1.2 billion U.S. embassy in Beirut, Lebanon. Now, that, that's twice the amount that we pay for the bag that with this monstrosity, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's a head-scratcher why we're opening a, a huge seat in Beirut, Lebanon. And I'm just wondering if you've heard anybody in Israel talking about it or anybody in your circle thinks that that's yeah. an odd place for our largest embassy to be put in. Yeah, so I have heard zero. And I, I was there. I, 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 we were right on the border of Lebanon. I mean, I could have thrown a rock into Lebanon the other day. And we talked about Lebanon, our guide. We were discussing different things going on in Lebanon. And, and, but, and he was, he's an ex-Navy SEAL. He's actually still involved in the military as an advisor should they go back to war. And also, I saw your uh, question on the screen, and I went to the Internet, and I don't see anything on the Internet about a U.S. Embassy opening in Lebanon. Do you have a source for that, Gary? Oh, yeah. It, they had a, a, a groundbreaking uh, in 2017, I believe, and it's opening next year. You can research it and find it. As a matter of fact, you can look on Google Earth, and you can see it being built in comparison to the old embassy right next to it. It, it comes up right away. Yeah, so I see it here. I found one. Uh, it says, Morphosis Architects U.S. Embassy in Beirut gets a 2023 completion date. Okay, so uh, this is the first I've seen of it, Gary. Haven't really been researching it that much, but I'll, I'll look into it. If there's something of substance there, I'll come on the radio with it. Yes, sir. I just yeah. found it a head-scratcher because Lebanon is, you know, seemingly barely holding together as a country. Right. Uh, you know, that silo that blew up two years ago is still in a, a rubble pile. Right. And I'm not sure what the GDP of Lebanon is, but I assume they they would look at America putting 1.2 billion dollars in and and maybe find that a bit odd. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'm just wondering what 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 the people involved know we don't. Right. So right. Right. I appreciate you looking into it, brother. Yeah, I sure will. I'll do the research and I'll have my team get on it. And if if there's something of prophetic significance, I'll come back on the radio with it, Gary. Yes, sir. Thank you, my friend. All right. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Um, Let's go to Jennifer right here in Texas. 
God bless Jennifer. Welcome to End of the Age. Thank you, Dave. God bless you, too. And welcome back home. Thank you very much. Um, Real quick, when you did your special report and um, and it aired, I thought that was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure a lot of people did feel like even if we could make the trip, we were kind of right there with y'all just for a little bit. So thanks so much for including us in that. Um, The question I had for you was... um, Obviously, internationally, it's very tense right now, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion of possible uh, nuclear weapons, certainly war. Right. Um, and I'm curious, you guys have been so forward-thinking and preparing for that time when we know, when yeah. there's the you know abomination of desolation and the Jewish people need to know, run, mm-hmm. get out of here, you know, and what to do. Or, and we see the possibility of a nuclear or even an EMP. Yeah. Um, you know, as a nuclear weapon goes, there's an electronic um, magnetic pulse right. that would knock out our internet, our phone, our TVs, yeah. all our electricity, of course. Yeah. Um, and I wondered what, obviously that's a huge life-changing event to live through, right. but many Christians will want to get back, network, find each other, or do, do you guys have anything that you've put in place or are thinking of putting in place where... If we lose all communications, here's yeah. the plan. You know, here's how right. we, we can communicate or reconnect or something like that. Yeah, that so... Anything, I mean, I know it's a huge undertaking. I wouldn't know the solution to it, but just curious. Yeah, so we've thought about um, satellite, number one. Mm-hmm. We've thought about that as far as being able to communicate because we've had, you know, some TV stations and things that have cut us uh, mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. our teachings, and, uh, however, looks like we're going to be focusing a lot here in the very near future, and you guys will hear about it before very long, uh, on the Internet, because TV is becoming almost archaic anymore, and a lot of people go, mm-hmm. when you want to research something, you go to the Internet. Now, mm-hmm. uh, in the future, I don't know, because when it gets, you know, as far as World War III, um, we had World War II, and the communication lines weren't down. People were still able, able to communicate of course, there were no computers at that point. How does exactly. that work? I Here's what I know, Jennifer. I don't know how we will be able to communicate. I've got an IT department and people that deal with that stuff every day. Uh, and so I'm going to let them deal with that. However, and we, we're in talks and things, but I, I, at this point, yeah. I don't know. All I can tell you is that Jesus said in Matthew 24... This gospel will be preached under uh, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached under the whole world. Then the end will come. There's got to be a way for us to be able to do that. Also, mm-hmm. I was standing in Gush Etzion, Israel, just the other day, last week, and I told our it's it's in the it's a settlement out in the West Bank, and I was telling our group that we took with us to Israel about our efforts in the West Bank the door-knocking campaign, everything that's going to happen. And I told them, this, this settlement, the Gush Etzion, is one of the ones that we will be coming out to communicate to. I know that God has helped us to do that. I had communication with some wonderful new, with, with some wonderful contacts in Israel while we were there. And I, I want to tell you guys about them. But God is preparing, setting the stage for this last great end-time thrust, and he is allowing myself, end-time ministries, to meet people that are going to help us facilitate what we're going to do in Israel. I'm telling you, 
I feel I've got goosebumps as big as this desk on me right now because I met some people in Israel that are going to help us facilitate what we're going to do. And I was like, this, I told my wife, I said, this is God. You understand what's going on here. He's opening huge doors for us. So with that said, Jennifer, some of the things I can't tell you until we get a little closer and we're having to navigate some things. And then I can say, okay, everybody, here's what we're doing until we get there. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the Internet's going to work. What we do is I trust God. God's never failed me one time. And I know for me to have, you know, I've had people say, well, you guys will never be able to fly to Israel, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Do you, and I'm not saying you, but I'm saying I've talked, said, hey, do you not understand that there's a God? And (laughs) he can, he is facilitating all this. He laid this stuff on us as a, as our mission. He's opened so many doors along the way for years now huge doors and for me to say well i don't know how we're going to do it in the end time maybe he just you know we're going to throw in the towel no way never going to happen god's helped us out so many ways so he will help us be able to communicate he'll help us be able to function and we're going to share the gospel around the world but i cannot give you a conclusive answer today on how we will do that i just believe god's going to work god's going to make a way i'll be listening i know you'll let us know when there is a way and i can't imagine the undertaking. I uh, will be praying for you and your IT team because uh, I don't know how we'll do it, but yeah. it's it, in God's hands, obviously, and you guys are an extension of His will. So God bless you, and yeah. thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, ma'am, and God bless weekend. you. Have a great weekend. And thank I will tell everybody uh-huh. that uh, while I was in Israel, I met um, with Yehuda Glick. Most of you have heard about him. Uh, I talked to him while I was there. He took my information. He knew my father-in-law. He knew my father-in-law. I said, you know, Irvin passed. Yes, I knew he passed. And um, he's an ex-member of the Knesset in Israel. And I said, hey, are you still a member of the Knesset? I knew he wasn't. You still a member of the Knesset? He said, no, God delivered me from that. I'm out of politics. I don't want to be a part of that anymore, And which was kind of a joke. But I asked him about the red heifers. He said, oh, yeah, everybody knows about the red heifers now. Because once the red heifers made it to Israel, it exploded. They kept them quiet. They kept it quiet. They wanted to make sure they got everything over there. Everything was set. They're in quarantine before they really wanted to blow it up. Once they got there, the Jerusalem Post picked it up, everybody, and it went all over there. And everybody knows what's going on now. However, they're quarantined. They're in some undisclosed areas. They, there, are a lot, there are people over there who would not like to see a red heifer exist because they realize that what it's going to lead to, the, the sacrifices and possibly the third temple... A lot of different things, and so um, they keep them kind of hid out, if you will. And I'm hoping in the spring that I can get everybody, because I know Byron Stinson, a great friend of mine, and I'm hoping in the spring that I can get our tour group to go see the Red Heifers and everything. But I met with um, Yehuda Glick. I met with Samuel Smaja, wonderful friend of ours. He's the guy who owns the largest touring company in Israel. He told us, he said, hey... When you guys get ready to, he's a, he runs a Messianic Jewish church in Israel. He has, I don't know how many big Mercedes-Benz buses. He said, when you guys get ready to do your door knocking campaign, you can use my buses. I won't charge you a dime to get all your people out there. I'm telling you, God, one door after another is flying open for us. I'm meeting people. You understand our connection with Devorah Ganani with the Jewish agency, wonderful connection with her. She was on the radio program with me and my wife just a few weeks ago. 
And her ex-boss at the Jewish agency is now the president of Israel, Isaac Herzog. So the connections that we're making over there is simply a God thing, everybody. I want you to know, God laid this on our heart. It's a mission of ours to reach these people. And another Jewish Holocaust is coming. Uh, I made a connection with another guy who owns a big business out there. I mean, it's just God's opening doors. And these people feel the need to possibly leave in the future. And some people will stay and, and pay for it with their life. But there will be people that leave, and, and um, that's what we're called to do, is we're called to go out there and to get them to leave. Jesus warned them to flee. When you see the abomination of desolation occur, let them which be in Judea flee. Wow, I could go on. I, man, I'm going to be going to Orlando next week to a big conference, but I'm going to try to um, help you I'll tr- I'm, we're going to do some live programming from the conference, and I'll talk to you about our efforts in Israel and some other things that happened during, on the tour. Man, it's so awesome. Oh, man. Uh, let me go to Sam right here in Texas. Sam, I got about a minute. Uh, what you got? Uh, just about the, the Antichrist. What's going to happen is going to make people believe that he is God. I mean, if somebody says, I am God, like even if Trump claimed he was God, yeah. the Magnum, Magnum people wouldn't believe him. Is, there, is he going to come back from the dead or what? No. The Bible says that the Antichrist and the false prophet will be in alliance together. The most powerful political leader from Europe, the most powerful religious leader who will be over the world religion. The Bible says that the false prophet will use miracles to cause, to influence people to worship this individual, and they will believe. The Bible says that the, uh, the false prophet will actually call fire down from heaven, a satanic miracle, and people, because of these miracles, will be deceived and follow after this Antichrist figure. So it's going to be the false prophet influencing the people of the world to follow this individual. The Bible says he will do satanic miracles uh, and people will follow after this Antichrist. He's going to come on a platform of peace. He'll finally get a, a, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement across the finish line. And a lot of people will follow after him, thereby worshiping him. And it's going to be, the, the Bible says it will specifically be the false miracles of the false prophet that will cause people to do that. God bless y'all. Have a great weekend. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at one 800 end That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.